get this a dating site for anti-vaxxers called Unjected. Unjected has been removed from the Apple App Store. While 47% say the unvaccinated make me upset or angry. I wish that he would go further to restrict the activities of the unvaccinated. Unvaccinated guy who gobbled horse goo. Rest in peace, Wheezy. The Unjected Show with your hosts, Shelby Thompson, Heather Kyle, Scott Armstrong, and Zach Brown. Call 1-833-3-UNJECT, extension 888. That's 1-833-386-5328, extension 888. Lines are open now. The Unjected Show is intended for an adult audience and may contain explicit material. User discretion is advised. Aloha. Aloha. What's Happy up? Hi, Happy team. What's happening? Hey, fam. What's up? Oh, man. That is good. Another Every- incredible week. Another incredible week, man. Oh, you guys. Oh, I can't wait to spill all the beans. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. First, actually, let's just, I want to dive right into it. Let's do talk it. about some of the stuff that's been going on with the site. Can I just okay, tell you guys? Do it, do it, do it. Do before it. we bring on our special guest. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. You guys, we are getting so close because you might have seen the update. Yeah. That Unjected is going to be relaunching by the end of May. So you heard that correctly. And I want you to keep an eye on your newsletters because we are going to be holding the vote next week. Yeah. Okay. And we're going to give you a sneak peek at the new interface. So yeah. I want to get that right out of the way. We got some really amazing things going down, and it is happening at the speed of light. It's and crazy. So we want you guys to be a part of it, help build with us. So anybody who's interested in coming by next week for this voting process, that's going to be, you know, choosing new features, talking about what you like about Unjected, what you want to see on Unjected. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be all about you guys. So we hope that you come by. And... Where should they keep an eye out? Where should they keep an eye out for that? The newsletter. And the the Substack. And then then the Substack. So if you're not signed up, well, so the newsletter is, yeah. So what I would suggest to yes, just go to unjected.substack.com. Register there for free. You don't have to pay anything to be a member there. And then, um, yeah, just uh, look for the newsletter. So And uh, you might occasionally check your junk mail because sometimes you never know yeah check the junk mail definitely definitely Mm -hmm. because those things have a tendency to see unjected and say (laughs) nope in the junk nope (laughs) it happens to the any of our like native unjected email addresses like they don't like those very much so anyway (laughs) zach what's going on with you dude not a lot not a lot it was a good day it was a relaxing day so um what does a relaxing day entail for you zach i tell you what here's here's what i did so i woke up hit the gym Uh, so i woke up had a had a meeting, went to the gym, had some more meetings, did some work up until about two thirty. Um, didn't have any work to do after that, and then went out, smoked a cigar, um, nice. went okay. to the Seven Eleven, got some yeah. Zen, got into a you got wait, fight. you got what Zen? What's Zen? What's that? Uh, it's so uh, nicotine pouches. Nicotine pouches. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Well, um, maybe, maybe our guest can elucidate us on on some of the yeah, your life uh, yeah. choices today. I, hey, <laughs> dude, dude, listen, listen. Yeah. Who's our guest? I'm right there with yeah. you. So, so our guest. We have a very esteemed, guest. You're worse than me. You're vaping. I know. I know. I know. I know. So maybe Dr. Robert Seek here, PharmD. Uh, 
the wellness company. Uh, Welcome to the show. Consulting pharmacist. Like, like I appreciate you joining us tonight. Uh, Maybe you can help uh, talk some sense into us with all of our, with all of our poor (laughs) life choices. So how you doing? Dr. C. Doc can't hear us. Oh, okay. So So, we were having some connectivity issues before we hope we thought we'd maybe troubleshooted them, but, uh, he should okay. pop right back in. So anyway, so, Zach, yeah, yeah. What, what else is going on with, oh. with, uh, with your health choices there? No, I ate very, I ate very well today. Okay. Um, <laughs> Good. Super well. the Wait, are you still doing balance? your keto thing? Pretty keto. It's not, it's not completely keto because yeah, there's like macro. Keto. I just very, I just have a very limited carb and sugar diet. It's not keto really. It's, but it's, it's keto adjacent. Keto can, you, can you hear us now, yeah. Doctor Seek? Logging out, logging back in. So awesome. Loud and clear. That's Hello, awesome. welcome That's to the show. That's one of those things that work. Great. Yeah. Thank you. We're so honored to have you. Well, thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. So, what your official title? I don't want to um, mess it up, but you work for the therapeutics uh, side of the wellness company, correct? Well, what started out as just being the preferred pharmacy for the wellness company, I do own a a pharmacy in Las Vegas. Uh, They invited me to be part of their integrative therapeutics board. That's kind of a term that I I really like to integrate various modes of therapy to help people be well. And uh, I was recently appointed to be the chief of the integrative therapeutics board. So that's my working capacity with the company. Incredible. That's awesome. So, so obviously I'm really curious about this because obviously to get on the radar of the wellness company, uh, you must've been doing stuff prior to that, uh, kind of in, in alignment with, well, like the title of the episode is, it's like patient or or patients over profits, right? Mm -hmm. The idea of like, Hey, wouldn't it be nice to actually like focus on the health of our patients rather than, you know, this, this corrupt, like corporate run medical system. Right. So what, what, what would you attribute, uh, like, like, how would you describe your work prior to getting with the wellness company that got their attention in the first place? Well, you know, my uh, whole career, which I'll be succinct on that and just get you to the question you asked, Scott. <laughs> uh, I graduated pharmacy school in 95. I actually worked in the drug industry, the dark side, for a period of time, 12 years. I did buy Our a health? company pharmacy. Yeah, I, I did anything, everything from sales to clinical research. So I've seen mm, that other wow. side. And I got involved and bought a compounding pharmacy in 2005. And that work, which involves, you know, things that require prescription that compounding pharmacists do that make people well without the need for traditional prescription drugs. So hormone replacement therapy is a big component of what we do. And when we take a man or a woman with low testosterone, for example, and and we bring it back to a youthful, healthy level, it basically eclipses and avoids the need for several different prescription drugs. I'm a, I'm a cynical pharmacist and I would give presentations to physicians and say, here's all the symptoms of androgen deficiency in men and women. But as a drug executive, I could tell you, I see eight different drugs that could solve those symptoms, but we can just replace those hormones. And, and really what's being driven by the public uh, that brings me to the confluence with the wellness company is uh, the need for more information on health and wellness without prescription drugs. The wellness company is a great partner. And I, I say this about partnerships, when, you, when you're both looking in the same direction, I mean, that's, that's the right kind of partnership, sailing a ship, yeah, yeah. taking this ship into what we both believe is going to be medicine 2.0, uh, which will be the use of a few prescription drugs, repurposed prescription drugs is gonna be a big component, I think, 
of whatever. But but the list of drugs that we're going to use in the country, I think, is going to be reduced dramatically. And if we uh, can do a lot with nutritional supplements, which we do, uh, to make people very healthy. And then I overheard Zach talking briefly about diet. I talk about diet modification all the time. Yeah. Uh, get some exercise, get out in the sun, walk barefoot on the ground. And you know, you're, each one of those things is another incremental step in making yourself healthier. And so this work, just this knowledge was important. And I befriended one of the pharmacists that's working with the wellness company, Jen Vandewater. I know she's yeah. been on this show. Yeah. She feels the same way. So this, that's how the introduction was made. And because we're both passionate about this, we have come together and, and hope we're going to help a lot of people. That's awesome. That's That's awesome. Doc, what do you feel about nicotine? As far as nicotine uh, patch, nicotine addiction, or nicotine? So, so, so I have heard that nicotine, as long as the, the delivery method is not harmful in and of itself, nicotine can actually be something of a benefit for long-term cognitive ability is that true okay it is true but that doesn't we need to hit the nicotinamide receptor with certain things you don't necessarily need nicotine as you may be thinking or people will think from tobacco or a nicotine mm-hmm. patch which ironically this is a very intelligent question because did you know that some forward-thinking physicians actually used nicotine patches as part of covid therapy for long haulers or people who got very sick Oh, no, I didn't. I I will explain why that is. But the question (laughs) to answer your question, Zach, uh, you know, there's a popular supplement right now that the FDA wants to remove. Right. Because all good things they want to go after called nicotine Mm -hmm. mononucleotide, NMN. And when you hit the nicotinamide receptor, there's a lot of benefits. You confer anti-aging benefits. It helps the body get rid of older, sleepy cells we call senescent cells. It has a profound impact on cognition because the brain has a whole host of receptors and neurotransmitters that it needs. And and when you stimulate the nicotinamide receptor, which you can do with nicotine from tobacco, but we would primarily get the nicotine precursors or nicotinamide precursors from our diet. And from our diet, you have uh, these precursors that are typically rich in in, uh, your cereal grasses. And ironically, here's a rabbit hole to go down. The Rockefeller organization changed the substrate that we used in the country to make bread rise. You know, yeast, you mix that together. They changed it out to make bread rise faster. It used to be a molasses-based cofactor, and they changed it out for a more sugary cofactor. Bread rose faster. They sold it quicker, sold it cheaper. But what it did is make the, the nicotinamide, the nicotine, or niacinamide really is your precursor. Vitamin B3, niacin is mm-hmm. that. It made it less absorbable. And when this mm-hmm. happened in Europe and the United States, uh, we had the rise of insane asylums because without the niacin, mm-hmm. which was, wow. you know, make your nicotinamide, what you pointed to, Zach, is does it have an impact on cognition? Yeah, it has an impact on, on um, neurotransmitter balance. That's not the mechanism which it helped COVID patients. That's a little different. But I, I hope I answered your question, not, not in a too, you know, circuitous manner. Yes, and I I will be I'm gonna be a genius by 65 apparently, because I go. I've been I I know that's here's the thing I know the cigars are not good because the tobacco has with the like in the mouth and the yeah and yeah nasty but stuff. the nicotine pouches like I've I've is this cor- is it correct in in because I made a statement before you could before your no sound was way. gone that the delivery method 
of nicotine is truly what you need to focus on because the the harmful effects of how people intake nicotine aren't necessarily from the nicotine itself but how they take it in because if you smoke it it's bad for the lungs cigar it's bad for the mouth if it's chewing tobacco it's bad because they have all the the chemicals and and the tobacco but if it's just nicotine pouches I would just be wary of any of that stuff just nah, from the industry perspective. Like they don't care about our health. Like they're going to put anything in there to get yeah. you more addicted to it. So they care about mine. Fun. Only me. Yeah, no, I did. That's, that's my perspective. Well, the thing is what I'd say, Zach is um, yes, you're right. A nicotine pouch, nicotine gum, nicotine pouch would be the safest way to deliver nicotine. My challenge is, well, do we really need that? Cause what you're trying to do is, is hit that nicotinamide receptor. So you do that by having a good intake, of vitamin b3 but not all vitamin b3 or niacin is created the same you know mm -hmm. uh, we, we're a lot of people familiar with taking high doses of niacin and they flush to build up yes lipids right yeah but the best way to get the healthy nicotinamide right now until we change the production of how we gr make breads out of the cereal grasses uh is actually going to be uh there's certain supplements that have the nmn you see that's very popular the nicotine, yeah. nicotine mononucleotide and that's the way I prefer to go about it. Although, ironically, it's probably more expensive to use that supplement than it is to use uh, the nicotine patches. But, you know, you're feeding a foreign molecule rather than mm -hmm. supporting the body with the nutrients it needs to make the things that it wants. So, you know, what I tell people is, look, look, I don't have all the answers. And if something gives you enough benefit and benefits outweigh the risk, try it. I'd be cautious of always using a nicotine patch or a pouch and constantly stimulating the receptor. That way you got to take breaks sometimes maybe because you can always overdo anything. Mm -hmm. Right on, right on. So I, so I have a question. Mm -hmm. So uh, I recently saw, I think it was on a, it was a Cheryl Atkinson news special where she was interviewing a guy who was uh, suing the Walmart, a Walmart pharmacy. I know you might've heard of this case where basically he was denied uh, medication that the doctor had prescribed. And basically, you know, this is my first time I'd ever heard about that. I mean, obviously we've heard about all the way through COVID how pharmacies were denying prescriptions. Right. And so mm -hmm. this was the first time that I'd really seen a case where he really explained that, okay, this is like, I was dying and I was prescribed like ivermectin and these hydroxychloroquine and these types of drugs. And when I went to the Walmart pharmacy, they said, Nope, under no circumstances will we fill this. And so to me, it just blows my mind that, you know, a pharmacist who doesn't have a relationship with the patient, doesn't know the history, doesn't know any of the mitigating circumstances as to why that person received that prescription in the first place is being denied. And so could you kind of speak to that? Like, like what's the current state of the pharmaceutical industry and, and do pharmacists really have that level of discretion to override a prescription without having any of the information? Well, I'm very passionate about this. And let me tell you the behavior in general of the chain drugstore pharmacists which is probably driven by the chain drugstores themselves was ab abhorrent during COVID. Mm -hmm. And the first and most critical thing about the denial of therapy is, and you know, is it the pharmacist's role to deny therapy on rare occasion? Here's, here's where, what, what's going on. What you described is not the practice of pharmacy. It is the practice of medicine, mm -hmm. because if you're denying therapy, you're making a therapeutic decision that the prescriber, the diagnostician said, I decided that, the benefits of this therapy outweigh the potential risk. So if I were to be that chain drugstore pharmacist and, and you know, I, I'm the guy who told my, let me tell you about Nevada. Nevada banned the prescribing of hydroxychloroquine during COVID. The governor of Nevada at the time, Sisolak, hid probably, I don't know, 200,000 tablets in the Nevada prison system. I never said no to a prescription. 
doctor. What are they going to do? Yeah. Nevada Board of Pharmacy was sued for the practice of medicine. So was the governor's office. But wow. that denial of therapy, would that be a prudent decision? Here's what I would do. If I notice in the profile a severe drug reaction that was life-threatening, I wouldn't deny therapy. I would call the practitioner, right? And if I can't get a hold of the practitioner, I would dispense the drug. I'm not the diagnostician. The practitioner, you know, you might have a risk there. I've got this question during COVID. Robert, what's safer during uh, COVID for a woman who's pregnant? Hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin? Both are pretty safe. But if you stack up the evidence, adverse drug event reporting, we call it, and hydroxychloroquine was shown to be safer, a little bit safer in pregnant women than ivermectin. But let's say hydroxychloroquine wasn't available and your only choice was ivermectin and you have a sick mom, really sick with COVID, benefits outweigh the risk. That is not the pharmacist's decision unless it is so severe that a life-threatening drug interaction would occur and say, look, I'm going to hold up on this or I need to get a hold of your, your, your doctor. Uh, so I think there was, there's been a lot of lack of discretion and, and you, why, you want to know why I think that that all occurred at the chain drug stores? Oh, it was well, to drive the, the utilization of the vaccines. Yeah. 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 Highly profitable. And then later on you see in some states, which I think this is ridiculous, not, not that pharmacists cannot be capably trained, but I know what my role is and I'm pleased with my role. I, I look at myself as a treatment consultant. So if that means health, wellness, supplements, exercise, all this stuff, I've been a personal trainer. I've, I've had a, a pro client. I had one pro client, a boxer, a professional boxer uh, out here in Las Vegas. But, you know, my goal is to to present the information, let the client, the patient make the ultimate decision, not override a doctor. There's a lot of ego involved in that. But from the corporate perspective, it's and from the trade journals that most pharmacists read. I don't read those trade journals. I read scientific articles, natural health and wellness journals. I read this stuff. I read science. Okay. It's really easy to just plant the seeds. Oh, it, it's just ridiculous to prescribe hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin for COVID. Well, when there's over a hundred studies that show each of them is effective, when <laughs> every country first drug reporting database, the drugs have been used, both of them in the very young and the very old for 60 mm -hmm. years, and abundantly safe and they're effective. That's not, that's a bad call to deny therapy. So, yeah. um, did I answer your question, Scott? I don't want to get too off track. Yeah, no, I mean, and you're dead on too. I mean, it's yeah. just worth really just hammering that point home that like, uh, and I have a follow-up question, I guess, just based on your response too. It's like the idea that, you know, all of these chain store pharmacies or any large pharmacies that you, you know, we know are given their marching orders from on high to, to, to carry the, the, the narrative yeah. by denying the medication, because as we know, the emergency use authorization only uh, for the shots is only in effect if there's no alternative treatment. Right. And so they had to make sure that everybody knew that there was no alternative treatment. So, you know, that's such a huge point and a crime, like a huge crime involved in this whole situation. But uh, so I'm just wondering, like, so obviously, they were, uh, you know, these pharmacies were receiving these marching orders, but yourself who runs like an independent pharmacy, did you see that messaging coming your way? Did you ever get like an email, a letter, anything saying like, Hey, you need to get on board with these vaccines mm. or else. Was there any coercion? Was there any pressure from the pharmaceutical industry around that? Or where did the pressure come from? Was it the pharmaceutical industry? Was it the regulatory agencies? Like how what, did you experience anything like that? No, not really. And here's why, uh, I have an independent pharmacy, so I'm not a corporate chain. That's number one. Number two, I don't take any insurance at all. Mm. I'll tell you why that's a, a factor in, in a moment. But the only pieces that I got that said, hey, you got to be pushing the vaccine uh, were from the Southern Nevada Health District and the Nevada State Board of Pharmacy. 
And only the Nevada State Board of Pharmacy said hydroxychloroquine is banned for the dispensing for COVID-19. No, it's not. And, and I'm that guy. I love to put my thumb into places like the regulators' eyes when they do stuff that, that is out of the interest of public health. Because very simply put, uh, I told you what I view my role is as a pharmacist. I, I'm a treatment consultant. And the prescriber makes the ultimate decision. My job is to catch errors and to catch where things might be more dangerous than the prescriber maybe knew because they didn't know about every medication a patient was on. And, and to not make a determination, but at least bring to someone's attention. You know, on the vaccines, it's a whole different issue if you want to talk about how I felt about pharmacists being unable to give informed consent. But yeah. the other thing is to be that consultant for the physician as well. Hey, doc, did you know, you know, you got this dose. This is not the most common dose that's prescribed. Is this what you really want? Oh, no. Hey, Robert, thanks for catching that. Let's cut it in half. You know, things, things like that are our role. Uh, so I'm very comfortable in, in those roles. But what happened during COVID was ridiculous. I only got the pressure from just those two letters. And I would get a lot more pressure if one, I was a corporate pharmacist, but most of it would have come from uh, the insurance companies. Because mm -hmm. here's how the money flows. Let's say you own a company. You have to have more than 50 employees, which means you're required to provide healthcare benefits. So let's say you have a thousand employees. A portion of what you pay every month as an employer per employee per month goes to the drug benefit plan. And, and who ultimately pays for that? Well, gosh, these insurance plans have rocketed up in price so much that when I first bought my company in 2005, it cost me $699 to give uh, a whole family medical vision, PPO coverage, medical vision, dental pharmacy. Now it's like $1,600. Uh -huh. it's, so it's so much more. So imagine if you had 1,000 employees, 10,000 employees, what a huge increase that is. Well, that money goes to what? I mean, it's more difficult as an employer to give things like raises and bonuses when you've got to shell out so much more money to go pay your contribution for health care. Wow. And some employees, too, they, 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 I, the way I have to do it, I have 17 employees. I still provide some health benefit, right? Uh, but they do have to pay a portion of it because it's so unaffordable. Now. And ultimately, when these prescriptions were denied at a chain drugstore in favor of a vaccine, even though the patient pays nothing for that vaccine, maybe a small copay, the pharmacy itself might actually not make a lot of money from the vaccine, but I think they made a couple hundred bucks. But all that money that filters from the employer to the drug plan or even federal plans ultimately ends up in the pockets of the prescription insurance providers we call PBMs, pharmacy benefit managers. And then these PBMs work out deals They're like, hey, we've got the Moderna vaccine, we've got the Pfizer vaccine, but I'll tell you what, if you, Mr. PBM, if you give 80% of your vaccine doses or our drug, we're going to give you back this huge rebate at the mm. end of the year. It's, a, oh. it's, it's millions of dollars mm. that never go. See, this is what happens when you're on the inside of this dirty pharmaceutical industry. Oh. And those rebates never get back to the employer. Hey, we got all these rebates. We're going to give you a bonus back. Mm -hmm. oh, we push that to executive compensation, which is why mm. PBMs like Caremark, which is owned by CVS Drugstore, by the way, Mm -hmm. Express Grips and OptumRx, just bought by United Healthcare, they're owned by a gentleman who owns the Walgreens Boots Alliance. He has a board seat on all companies, and Walmart owns Humana. Those four PBMs are your largest PBMs in the country. They control nearly 80% of all claims. And the reason why I don't take insurance, if I did take insurance, I would lose money on four out of five claims. I'd lose money. Now, they reimburse themselves, the drugstores that they're partnered with or that own them, they get huge reimbursement. 
And who pays for that? Ultimately, the employer and back down to the employees. So I know that's kind of a circuitous scam, but I'm passionate about the fact that this is just a, a huge wrong portrayed on the country. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. That's a mind bender. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. So before 2020, did you, even though you were a private pharmacy, did you ever receive, uh, you know, like, uh, did, did they reach out to you for other vaccines or other kind of like pharmaceuticals or tried to push certain drugs through your pharmacy? There are general mailers that every pharmacy gets just for having what we call an NABP number. So you're on a mailing list, right? So we get mm. the trade journals. You got to order this. It's flu season. Order your vaccine. Order this stuff. I never did any of that. One, and, and I had a patient ask me one day, came in with his mask to get his prescription for his hormones. Nice guy. And he just said, hey, you, you going to offer the vaccine here? I said, no. And he said, why not? I said, ethics. <laughs> that was the end of the discussion. I don't want to, I don't want to upset him and, and, and just, you know, never get his money again for his prescription right. refill. But I just wanted to trigger, you know, the guy's mind. And, and the next time he comes in, he comes in and says, let me ask you, you're probably stewing on it for a month. <laughs> why aren't you going to give the vaccine? So back to a pharmacist consultative role. I got in my consultative role with this patient. I said, well, I'm not going to sit here and disparage the vaccine to you. You got to research it yourself because I could do that all day long, but you won't hear that. This is what I want you to hear. COVID-19 untreated has an infection fatality rate of 0.4% overall. But if you remove the most at-risk patients, morbidly obese, over 65, diabetic indoor dwellers, never got out in the sun, you had an infection fatality rate of 0.1% untreated, untreated. So why take an experimental drug never before used in humans? Ask me about the preclinical data if you want to know what that means. And we're going to give this experimental drug. There's other treatments that exist and are proven against SARS-CoV-2 SARS and other viruses like hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin. And even without treatment, though, the infection fatality rate was so low. What a scam perpetrated on the entire public. And how many billions of dollars did the vaccine manufacturers make it, it it's a crime i'm sure this audience agrees and horrible mm -hmm. yeah, definitely definitely wow. it's a it's a very it's like a it's a very um uh convoluted almost laundering scheme the, the the constant movement of the money itself that always ends up in in the hands of those people who are willing to push whatever it is that big pharma is you know whatever's hot you know, yeah. it's it's like a very it's I, I'm going to give it to him. It's pretty fucking airtight when it comes to money laundering schemes. Yeah, because it goes through so many le legitimate entities that have just. You know, I don't know, been manipulated to push it or have been misinformed to push it or you know what I mean? It's it's very it's a very um, as far as money laundering goes, if you want to money, if, if you want to money launder this is the way to, to do it yeah no question about that what, so, oh go for it no, go ahead shelby oh i was gonna say so you had just mentioned what you know that you have lots of thoughts about the clinical trials which mm -hmm. i myself that was one of our biggest mm -hmm. i would say reasons that we created injected was when i had you know dove into the pfizer clinical trials initially I was so frightened by what they talked about with uh, exposure and pregnancy and, you know, um, conception and being around trial participants with inhalation or skin contact. So I'm just curious, um, what was your, what stood out to you the most in, in those uh, 
so curious. As far as the human clinical trials? That yeah, involved, or, or the animals. The, the yeah, treat, any of well, them. Well, here's what stood out to me the most. And, you know, I guess maybe I'm rogue amongst my classmates who just think I'm, I'm a crazy lunatic, right? My pharmacy school classmates. You're not crazy here. When, <laughs> yeah, welcome. Uh, welcome but I grouch in a certain way, right? You know, I'm not... I'm not 30 years old and I have to watch what I say in a corporate environment and kind of be gentle. I've got my own business. I'm 50. So sometimes uh, I smack people in the nose with yeah. it. And when I smack my friends and colleagues who think, you know, I'm stupid for not being a fan of the vaccine, I say, okay, I worked in the drug industry. And when there is something that goes wrong with a drug in human clinical trials, so you go from preclinical, which means animals, to phase one, which is a tiny group of humans to see, just make sure we don't kill them, right? And then you go to your phase two, phase three trials, which are larger uh, studies, right? Larger, so you have the statistical power to show the FDA, we made this great difference in these populations. One took the drug, one didn't, and look, this drug did better for the people, so approve it, and, and they do. But it's a scam with the FDA. FDA and pharma are, are revolving industry. And what I said to them was, it's impossible for you as an injection pharmacist, a doctor, a nurse who's jamming the needle to give informed consent because there is no human data. So the only data that's available are the animal data. Three studies that were done on mRNA type vaccines. One, you got mice. All, mice only live about two to three years. They were all dead yeah. within two months. Then you got ferrets. They moved on to ferrets. Easy model. They lived about 13 years. All the ferrets were dead within three years. 100%. 100%. Now, the primate model is typically chimpanzees, and chimps live 40 to 45 years. They were all dead within five. And 100% of the animals died of either embolic events, so that means a clot. So a mm -hmm. clot that's lodged in the lungs, the heart, the brain, that's an embolic event. Or severe respiratory infection. So for those who are studious out there, just look up something called the Hoskins effect. My clinical research background was in infectious disease. And the basic gist of the Hoskins effect is, you know, when we give vaccines against something, you ironically don't decrease the risk of getting this virus. You, you ironically increase the risk of getting that virus and other viruses. Mm -hmm. Steer the immune system. I, I told people this. Here's my analogy. If I've got a fence with all these different sections to keep the cows in, right? And, and I concentrate on, well, I'm going to bolster this one area of, of fence. Right. What happens is, well, that comes at a cost because you freely open up other areas where those cows can get out. And it's, I grew up on Pennsylvania on a farm. Right. So sorry for the farm analogy. Yeah, but, I like it. Uh, <laughs> but back to what I told my colleagues, I said, if you don't know this information, here's what an investigator will do. If the OIG, you know, Office of Inspector General gets involved, they have questions for you. Two questions. What did you know? And when did you three questions? What did you know? When did you know it? What did you do about it? And if you don't know the animal data, and you can't tell these potential human patients, That's, that is a wrong. And even pharmacists take an oath, right, mm -hmm. to, to be you know, true to their profession, to provide knowledge. It's not an oath to the corporation, or I'm, I'm doing this because it's my paycheck. And I've had, I did have some friends very brave that said, you know what, I quit. I had physician friends quit their job. I had pharmacist friends quit their job. One guy's a ticket taker now at the stadium, and he's like, I only make 20 bucks an hour, but you know what, I get no stress. Click, go ahead, yeah. go have fun go to the concert, go to the football game. And, and that happened. But uh, so that's, you know, really how I see the situation. And with the clinical data in humans, well, just go to openvares.com because first of all, we never needed these darn things anyway. Second, because of alternative treatments and the infection fatality rate really just wasn't that bad. 
And now we have the continual accumulation of data in the VAERS system, Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. And doing infectious disease research, there's something to tune the audience into, and it's what we call the underreporting factor. So if I went to openvares.com right now, I'm fortunate to have a bunch of screens. Um, Here we go. Openvares.com. Okay. All right, you see all that? Deaths, mm -hmm. hospitalizations from the COVID vaccines? Yeah. The typical yeah, like under 1%. Oh. For, for every adverse event reported, there are typically, since the inception of this system in 1980, there are typically 40 other incidents of exact same that do not go reported. This is the under-reporting factor. The VAERS system does not catch 100%. So the typical under-reporting factor is 41. I've heard rumors that with COVID mm -hmm. vaccines, it's actually higher than that, but let's just say it's 40 to one. So take your 35,000 deaths and multiply it by 40. Mm -hmm. That's the potential thing. So again, back to benefits versus uh, risks, alternative treatments available or no treatment. And and what a travesty. And I'm, I'm sure you want me to get the questions about adverse events and fertility and all this other stuff. Actually, yeah. actually I, have a, I have a question before we even go into that. You said that your background is infectious disease. I've, I've heard multiple interviews and I've read multiple things about people in that background that say that it's kind of known in that in that domain of the scientific community that Fauci has a vaccine bias. And what they said, what I've read is the people that know it's like his, his it seems like his knee jerk reaction to almost any infectious disease is vaccination. Is that something that you, you agree with? I agree that that is the case with Fauci and uh you know, RFK Jr. wrote a book about him, The Real Anthony Fauci. There's actually a prior book. The title of it is called Anthony Fauci, The Bernie Madoff of Science and the HIV Ponzi Scheme. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, there's a few other, like a lot of books that go into the whole HIV in particular, like Inventing the AIDS Virus by uh, yep. Peter Duisberg, I believe. But there's like a lot of, you know, this is, this is he's, <laughs> I think they chose him for a reason to run this operation. You know, he, he, yeah. he proved himself mm -hmm. and, you know. But to get to Zach, you know, why, why is he pushing the vaccines? The, the, the simple answer is money, because to push oral agents that are antiviral, right, like like hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, uh, valacyclovir, acyclovir, there, there's there's a list of them. These drugs are now all off patent and are available yeah. as cheap generics. So I did my MBA program in 2003. I never published the book, but I kind of wrote my whole thesis on the fact that of what was called the patent cliff. Patent cliff. In the pharmaceutical industry in 2003, I noticed that, well, by 2010, 18 of the top 20 selling drugs of all time would be off patent. Mm -hmm. And if you have like all these blood cholesterol drugs, blood pressure drugs going off patent, and, and the people, what we call the proton pump inhibitors, they're now available over the counter, Prilosec, okay? You can't just keep coming up with the next generation to extend your patent presence in the market because People get wise to that. Insurance companies get wise to that and say, well, brand name Prilosec costs $236 for a month's supply, but the generic equivalent over here costs $30. I'm going to remove brand name Prilosec from the formulary and push the generic. So the pharmaceutical companies are like, shoot, what are we going to make our money on in the future? And my prediction was we're going to see peptide-based drugs. So small molecule chemistry, any drug you can swallow. You can swallow it and get into the bloodstream. 
Mm. Uh, drugs you have to inject subcutaneously. These are your protein drugs. So tiny drug, big, huge drugs. Now we have to put them under the skin, little injections. And you see them advertised on Netflix shows and Hulu. And I don't, I don't watch this stuff. But when I do see it, it's still pharmaceutical ads, man. Cosentix, yeah. Embrel, Humira. And yeah. I did mention that vaccines would have to give rise to pharmaceutical company revenue. But what I did not predict was how strong the push. Mm -hmm. And when you're somebody like Anthony S. Fauci, and if you want to dig into him a little bit more, look at Anthony S. Fauci, Patents and Inventions. Mm -hmm. You see all these things related to HIV that have alphanumeric codes, right? Um, the, the disease I researched mostly was hepatitis C. And, and these alphanumeric codes might be an enzyme, a sequence on the virus nucleocapsid. It's something you're going to try to shoot at, right? Like, I want to see if this NS5B protease, I can stick a monkey wrench in there and stop it, and then the virus will replicate less rapidly. But how do you discover that, that if, you're, if you discover that thing, even if you didn't invent the drug, that becomes a drug target. And if you're the owner of the drug targets, whoever's developing a drug to shoot at that target, has to pay you patent rights and you make your deals. And guess where Anthony Fauci made his millions mm. and millions from mm. HIV drug targets. So it's all about money. That's the short yeah. answer to the question. Absolutely criminal. Absolutely yeah. criminal. And uh, by the yeah. way, just to just to corroborate that point, it's it's bizarre that that ivermectin was demonized as a as a combatant against COVID, seeing as uh, uh, immigrants who were coming to America uh, who we're coming from countries known to have high populations infected with novel coronaviruses like uh, coronaviruses like SARS were required to get uh, ivermectin doses before they came here. Yeah. And they still yeah. said it was and, and yet they still said it was like horse paste. Yeah, that that that's just so insane. The whole thing is so insane, man. Like and so, yeah, here in Tennessee, hey, it's totally legal over the counter. I can go down to my independent pharmacy and then get it uh, right over the counter. One of my buddies was telling me he just went down the road and picked some up uh, earlier. So that's pretty cool. So I, I was going to ask a question. So I then maybe we'll open up the phone lines here in a little bit as we kind of uh, yeah. get to the top of the hour. But uh, my question is. Uh, so one of the things we were talking about at the beginning of the show about the new Unjected relaunch, right? Unjected dating website, community site, so many other cool things that are happening. Um, some features have been kind of uh, thrown out there, a couple of things. And, and one of the things that I'm really most excited about, which is by far the question that we get the most is, well, how do you verify that these people are actually unvaccinated, right? <laughs> well, I'm very, very excited to say that there is a method that we're going to try and use for just to address just that issue, right? Because what it is is like a lot of people come to Unjected, and one of the the, the main features and and you know benefits and, and attractiveness of Unjected is the fact that you know we we're an unvaccinated and an mRNA free you know community, right? And uh, you know because there are concerns around fertility, there are concerns around you know what what that does, uh, you know both for the male and female. Uh, reproductive system and also the shedding concerns that we have. And so people are, are, are coming there seeking a partner that, 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 that won't have those issues, you know? And so it's going to be a feature that people are going to, you know, you don't have to in order to be on injected, but there's going to be like different levels of like verification. And for like the elite, elite top level, you'll be able to verify your vaccine status through this method, which we can't, one of the things we can't wait to spill the beans on, but I want but to tie that into to, to your area here. And you mentioned it a minute ago, just the idea of, 
you know, what concerns have you seen around the whole uh, fact around fertility? Um, and uh, and I guess like the, the shedding concern too, because, you know, that's something that's, uh, that's definitely on the forefront of our minds for sure. Well, let me give you a couple of uh, comments. And I pulled a few things up before the show, like some of my favorite things to look at because they're so informative. And there's a, a medical researcher, his name is Stephen Kirsch, K-I-R-S-C-H. Yep. He has a newsletter. Uh, it's on substack.com, stephenkirsch.substack.com. Uh, uh, lots of medical practitioners and researchers are publishing information about the vaccines and their impact on fertility, reproductive health. Uh, Curses just happened to be the first one that I read, uh, and it, that came out in October of, of 2022, mm -hmm. right? And and here's what we know so far. I want to make sure I, I answer your question without getting uh, off track too much. We know that, you know, injecting this darn vaccine, you got the lipid nanoparticle delivery system, right? Mm -hmm. That's the biotech. And yep. they said, oh, it only it only stays in the area you inject it. Wrong. Nope. It's everywhere. And we see clinical articles emerging right now, even if it's one case study at a time, where people are getting lesions in the brain. They're getting holes in the brain, coming up with dementia, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's. Wow. If lipid nanoparticles go everywhere, and we're talking about reproductive health, could they end up in, in the gonads, the ovaries or the testes? Absolutely. What's the long-term impact? Well, I don't know, uh, because that's only one mechanism that we have worry about the vaccines and fertility is the lipid nanoparticles. But the thing is about men, I mean, what can we say about the long-term fertility in men? Uh, I don't, I don't know yet because men continually produce sperm their entire lifetime, mm -hmm. but females are born, born with all the eggs they will ever have in their life. Mm -hmm. and yeah. And we haven't even gotten on the spike protein yet, but if you've got lipid nanoparticles damaging, you know, those eggs, this is a problem. And what have I seen in my personal sphere? So all my friends, college friends, everybody's married, already had their, their kids. Uh, but I'm around people that are younger and just in my tiny little sphere. I'm, I'm only in a few places, right? I'm, I'm at work, I'm at home where my boys are homeschooled, my wife homeschools them. I'm at a dojo and, and take my wife out to dinner. I'm, I live in this little triangle. That's, that's really all I do, right? <laughs> Dogs and the boys to the park and, and that's it. And I, <laughs> I do other stuff too. But in that little small sphere, I've had... Uh, one person whose girlfriend uh, has miscarried twice. Uh, one couple uh, who just cannot uh, get pregnant. And what all four of these people have in common is the vaccine. And, like, you know, when there, there's something uh, in research, you know, you have all these different analysis tools. I'm your Y-bar analysis man. And there's all kind of different tests that have complicated names. I like the obviousness test. Yeah, you, common you, sense. You have young people in their mid 20s to mid 30s who aren't getting pregnant. It should be super easy. What mm. is going on? And mm. well, here's Stephen Kirsch's article on the Substack. Miscarriages in 2021, 2022 have increased just so super dramatically. I mean, we are talking from maybe 100 per year to 3,000 per year in recorded wow. miscarriages, menstrual disorders. You know, women talk all the time. My wife will tell you, I know when I'm around a bunch of back people because it, it yeah. feels like my cycle is just getting disrupted yeah. and she, yep. she feels sick. And th there's a lot more behind that too. So long-term, I have hope, gosh, we better be able to develop treatments to help these people. And like I said, the lipid nanoparticle goes everywhere. That's just one mechanism by which reproductive health can be 
uh, affected negatively by the vaccines that I've seen so far and is published in the data. Do we do we know stats on Hispanic women? Because if they're having trouble having children, we know that there's an issue. <laughs> they, there's going to be. Listen, that's the number one indicator that this is affecting fertility. If Hispanic yeah. women are having trouble if vaccinated Hispanic women, they might be able. I mean, Lord willing, they'll be able to push through with just the natural talent they have to do so. But if there's, if there's a step yeah. in the birth rate of Hispanic populations, we have our answer. You know, I, I have the big smile on my face because some of my students, so, so I teach once a week at this martial arts school and I, I take other classes. And um, there's a famous boxer who has a cousin and that cousin has seven children, Hispanic descent. And they are wonderful, lovely people. Six girls, one boy. And the whole family and the girls were like, no way on the backs. And Zach, that's one of the first Good. things that came up because the mom is like, oh no, you're not doing it. You don't need it. You're healthy. And you don't know if this is going to affect your ability to have babies. That is a mom that was looking out for her kids. Imagine yes. kids they could potentially have with seven children, six girls, one boy. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. And, and you know, around the fertility thing with the injection, like we've seen evidence of them like doctoring clinical trial results where it was like they they excluded uh, like they, they, you know, messed with the sample size to make it seem like it was a really low number. When in fact, if you yeah. include all the sample sizes, it's like an 82% miscarriage rate or something like that. I remember seeing that pop up and then yeah. this other, uh, case, and this is something that, uh, we reported over at the last American vagabond uh, a few months ago, but this is basically a case out of Scotland where they were, uh, seeing a dramatic spike in neonatal deaths, which is like first 28 days of life. Basically they saw, um, what went from 1.66 per a thousand to, let's see, what is this? Uh, oh gosh, where is it? So it was 133% increase basically, wow. um, 133% increase. And so the, the Scottish, Scottish government, the public health, uh, service launched an investigation and they specifically said that they were going to not ask whether or not the mother had taken the COVID injection because they thought that it would cause vaccine hesitancy. And so they launched an investigation into looking into all the circumstances. Oh, and uh, the one thing that they decided not to investigate was whether or not the mother had taken the shot. Don't leave the science up to the Scottish. It's not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, Those yeah. people just are. And I come from a line of them and they're just yeah, yeah. no good. Or yeah. Irish. I'm Scottish Anybody who anybody who's part of the UK but doesn't really like England, don't fuck with don't. <laughs> they're not good. They're not a good yeah. group. You know what you say. said, Scott. You you quoted some really good data, and and I pointed to the Steve Kershaw Substack in October of 2022. Uh, the New England Journal of Medicine never yeah. published uh, what the data they found from the CDC, which was at that time a mere 50 percent increase in the rate of miscarriages and fertility overall in the country down 50 percent now fertility rates and birth rates have been steadily going down in the united states right. but it's slow but when you have a 50 percent jump that's extraordinary and that was early on when we started to track this data and realize the long-term effects because it, it might not be instantaneous for those lipid nanoparticles to go everywhere and do their damage or the spike protein yeah. to cause so much inflammation or there's another mechanism too there's at least one of the vaccines creates an antibody. So when you introduce an antigen, the body's job, that's, that's the antigen, and an antibody goes and attacks it, mm -hmm. blows it up, destroys it, right? Mm -hmm. But when you make an antibody to your own tissue, we call that autoimmune disease. Mm -hmm. You make an antibody to your skin, 
that's scleroderma. You make an antibody to your joint tissue or almost all your connective tissue, that's called lupus. You make antibodies to your thyroid, that's Hashimoto's thyroiditis. They all kind of have the same way they work, but they're named by what organ system they affect. There is a protein uh, called syncytin protein that is only produced when a woman is pregnant because she needs to grow a placenta. Mm -hmm. So you got to grow a placenta because you're growing a whole human being in nine months. That's a lot of work. And the placenta does that work. You got to have blood flow. You got all that. You cannot build a placenta without syncytin protein. So if you have an antibody attacking that, you can have a woman that could technically conceive. And I think this is one of the biggest drivers for the miscarriage. Yeah. I remember that was like, we were looking at that, Dave, we were looking at that in like late 2020. We were yeah. looking at like the studies involving that specific issue right there. And we're like, you guys, what are you doing? And it's like, it's just so crazy. But what do you, what do you guys say? Let's open up the phone lines. Yeah. And uh, well, maybe we'll get some callers and, uh, and, and then maybe we could talk, talk a little bit about the old spike protein or already on the top. That's yeah. maybe number one. So you guys, phone lines are open. It's one eight three 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 unject which is one 386 5328 Let's hear from you. What is going on out there in uh, Unjected Land? So uh, if you guys have questions for Dr. Seek, if you guys, uh, you know, and need any unvaccinated dating advice or anything like that, you know, come, come hang out. But uh, yeah. So Dr. Seek, have you noticed, you know, an obvious uptake in people needing more prescription medication from vaccine, you know, adverse events? Oh, we're already getting a call. Super. Uh, <laughs> I guess we'll that. table it. We'll table okay. it. Hold that thought. Hold on. <laughs> Thanks so much for calling the injected show. Who do we have on? Hi, my name is Paul. Hey, Hi, Paul. Paul. What's up? What's up, y'all? I'm a friend of Scott's, actually. Um, I oh. have a couple questions. Yeah. Paul, what's up, dude? I know. I know. I know what's <laughs> up. I, yeah, my buddy. My dude. Oh, this is one of my guys right here. This is hilarious. Awesome. What's up, Paul? He goes to all the festivals hey, with me. Yeah, what, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I hope we don't have a little of a delay there, but I got you muted on my computer. But um, Cool. All right, I got two questions. I don't know how much time we have, but I'll do one of my questions. Here first. Okay, so we have an era now where there's like a red pill arms race, right? Um, and there's knowledge that is coming out, and everyone's just their minds are being blown more and more than, than normal. So, how do you determine when you're dating? I'm happily married, fortunately, but how do you determine when you're dating where to draw the line? Obviously, the show's injected, that's a good place. But for example, when my wife met me, I would have gotten the shot. And mm. we started dating in 2018. And then we, she and her family and a whole bunch of other stuff woke me up. And now there we are. And so I didn't, you know, I, I feel privileged to have had the opportunity to be around people that pulled me out of my social engineering mind control, right? But when you're dating now, so how does it go now? It's like, okay, well, you're injected, sure. But tell me about building seven or is your milk raw that you yeah. drink or you know what I mean? It's, it's uh, so how do you determine where someone's potential to be on your level is versus where you cut them off for where they're at when you meet them? That's a good question. That's a good question. So, uh, well, first of all, tell Catherine, hello. 
It's so yes. good to hear from you guys, dude. That's so yes, cool. Yes, sir. I will. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, it was funny the first time I ever met these guys. Like we were at uh, this festival up in the Pacific Northwest, and I heard this lady like, like coming coming up behind me. She's like, "Are you Scott?" And I'm like, "Yeah." She's like, "I recognize your voice because she was listening to one of my podcasts." And I was <laughs> like, "Oh, that's so cool." Anyway, that's so cool. yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, so I went out. It is a great question. Like yeah. so, like for me, like one of the ways what I would say is like basically, unject. Like I've said this before, but like unjected is this is one of the great appeals of a site like objective is the fact that, you know, just by virtue of having a web, like a profile on there that automatically just answers like so many mm -hmm. questions. It checks so many boxes. It's like, okay, yeah. they've already gone through all the, like, you know, that they're probably on board with more Especially than one. With our new stuff. Yeah. Out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, it's We're like, actually, it's like if I for nine 11 before. So. Exactly. Oh yeah. The interest <laughs> list, the interest list that's coming out is yeah. so epic, but like, it's like, you know, it's like you can kind of make assumptions about other areas of people's lives just on basic things. And I hate to say that, but it's like, you know, uh, when you, but when you see somebody has a profile uninjected, that means that they've walked through the fire, that they've, they've, they've done the research, they've, they've used their discernment and they're now, uh, looking to build community with other people or, or find a relationship with other people that are on the same level. And I just think that just by virtue of being on a site like that is like a huge prerequisite for all those things you just described. You know what I mean? Also, it just, it, there's a prerequisite yeah. also that when it comes to being able to attempt to forecast how people will react to things in the future, you there, there's a, it's not a foolproof way of a, attempting to, to judge whether or not people will use common sense and, and rational thinking in the future, but are they attached? Are they super attached emotionally to a particular political something? If they're, if you, you mm, kind yeah. of tell, you can tell if, if somebody's all right or all left, most likely they didn't come to those conclusions by independent thought. Yeah. It's very rare to find right. somebody with personality and with the disposition to one be 100% conservative or 100% liberal. That's so rare. Because there's gray area and things happen in life where people are willing to change their mind about things. So if they're if they're 100% right or left, it's probably a pretty good sign that they're not um, willing to to take a in circumstance and judge it on its own merits. They're most likely going to take talking points from one of the sides and move forward from there. However, if you find somebody who who goes back and forth or who's a little bit you know a little bit more in the gray area politically. As far you know, as as far as if you want a partner who's who's, you know, in in that realm, that's a good way of judging it. If they're not one hundred percent one or the other, yeah. that's that's my best guess. Yeah. What do you think, Doctor Seek? Do you have any thoughts on any of that? Well, I've been married now. Let's see. My our oldest is about to turn thirteen, so I've been out of the dating scene for a while. You know what's been interesting in the last two years? This this whole journey so many uh, have taken. Uh, I had an atypical um, way that I was exposed because I was the cynical guy working in the drug industry. And I befriended a gentleman that I met during my research who's an MD, happens to be uh, in the Navy, and used to say things to me that sounded outrageous. You guys made some of the comments earlier. What about Building 7? What about it? And, and all kinds of things, right? And, and I used to, I told him one day, I said, you know, you're not crazy because I know you're smart and so you're not wrong. I know you're not just pulling this out of thin air. You need to start educating me. And he said, okay, give me a list of 14 books to read. And then another eight or 10 books came 
a couple of years later. I said, well, if you really want to know what's going on in the world. And, and with my wife at the time, you know, you could say that, yeah, she probably thought I was more right than I really was at the time. I've always called myself, I'm a pick and choose person. Like I, I don't pick just one candidate or one party. I think there's only, I think there is only one party to be honest with you. Oh yeah. And, and uh, you know, the uniparty, yep. they make their decisions in lockstep. Uh, but I wasn't as keenly aware of that fact as I was now. And she was more on the, on the left side. She, uh, you know, lived the life of a performer. You know, she was in an off-Broadway show in Vegas and we met through an online dating age when match.com was cool, right? <laughs> awesome. we, we met that way. But, you know, I think what's most important is an, an open mind and whether or not somebody is a scientist to say, you know, to have the faith in a person who is a good person and isn't just going to say, this, this, it is only this way and it is true because I say so. That may or may not be the case because how many things have been blown up in recent years? What, why do you think that? What makes you say that? Well, it's just because it's true. You know, that type of obstinance, mm -hmm. I think, is too difficult to overcome. So even my own wife and me, she said, hey, did you hear about this? I'm like, no, I wouldn't think that that's true. What, what do you got? And she said, well, look at this. Look at this. Look at this. I'm like, wow. I think, wow. You know, you're yeah. right. So having that kind of respect for someone else's intellect and at the same time, you know, you or the other person, neither one of you can behave in, in such a manner that like, I'm right. And just because it is, and if you, if you think that I'm wrong, this is, I mean, that type of, uh, like I said, obstinance, you know, that, that inflexibility, uh, is just going to cause a lot of harm, I think in relationships and what has helped, you know, our relationships is the fact that we've both been so flexible and understanding. We bring information to each other's attention, but we are looking in the same direction. You know, there's a reason why we homeschool the boys, you know, that's all, that's all on her. And it's because we're, we're not putting them awesome. in our public school system. So um, I, I just, you know, like minds that, that like the one yeah. that's coming out of look in the same direction. I think that's key. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, well, or, ladies, if, or if you don't want to do any of those analyses, just emotionally abuse your partner until they agree with you. It's very simple. <laughs> there you Especially go. You there you just go. Gaslight them into the <laughs> yeah, right. gaslight them until they, they believe the whole 9-11 narrative. Right. Well, ladies, you literally are like the experts on this. Like you literally have dedicated your lives to building a platform for like-minded people to congregate and meet yeah. each other. Like, like what are some of your insights in this? Like, what are you, what are your thoughts on how to use your discernment or, or how to find somebody that like shares your values in this crazy world? I think it's so important just because I mean, if I were to like rewind the clock to when I first got kicked out of my um, daughter's doctor's office for not refusing vaccine or excuse me, for refusing vaccines way back when, and I remember I felt like such a outcast and I was so ostracized. And I thought, wow, like no one thinks like me and I'm so weird. And I felt so alone. And, and, you know, I think when 2020 rolled around, there were so many people that, you know, woke up and was like, I don't want to wear a mask and I don't want to do this. And I don't want you to tell me to do this. And I like my freedom. And, you know, it was, uh, everything was shaken up enough to realize, you know, maybe the people that you used to associate with don't maybe respect personal freedom and medical sovereignty like you hoped they would have. And, you know, I know that like personally happened to myself um, with my own opinions and, you know, people close to me where, you know, you felt even crazier. And I think, you know, when you're, when you're with somebody who is 
um, like-minded and like Dr. Seek just said, when you see, when you're seeing things on that same perspective and they have respect for your intellect, you just have, so, you would have such a more prosperous relationship. And, you know, that's what I want for people in this day and age when it's so difficult already to, you know, find love. Uh, you know, it's like, kind of like the uh, surgery statistics, like if surgery was like love, like no one would ever get it because the, it's, it's such bad odds. Uh, but, you know, we just keep trying over and over again. And, um, you know, if you if you want to put out the interests that are most important to you, uh, you know, people are going to resonate with it and, you know, you'll find your life partner. And that's why we put lots of crazy interests because we know you guys are thinking the way we do. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Heather, do you have any thoughts on it? Uh, I mean, all the same for sure. But I know yeah. like for me in the, I, I am in the dating world, I mean, yeah. Shelby's married, but <laughs> um, you know, just like I, there's been several times where I've had like conversations with people and it, I mean, obviously like once you know what I do, it skews things a little, but um, having certain conversations with people, it gets, it can get super awkward too, mm. but uh, immediately, I mean, you, Yes, like what Zach was saying, you can kind of like ask different kinds of questions to get, I guess, I don't know. I don't you can know. find your way there through questions. We're going to do the yeah. hard work for yeah. you with our new. Yeah. But in the new, our new the, matching system. Yeah. The new matching system yeah. that we came up with, you know, like this time around for us, we learned a lot, I think, from the app and then the old site. And like now we are really putting some cool things together for people um, to help all of us really get to those like harder questions right away so that we just like, you know, you just cut to the chase yeah. about yeah. it at this point. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. So it probably explains why I'm still single, but no, uh, <laughs> not for long. But yeah, it's uh, it's going to be really good with the new site, but it's challenging out there, man. One it of the is. interests isn't that you guys put on there wasn't custom license plates was it because uh, i Lord like we... custom license no, plates no Scott would no i love that one haven't you seen no. my custom license plate dude it's so legendary dude <laughs> no it's no. epic it's the best one ever it's, it's, a, ever. it's a legendary it's, bat for wait, sure do we still have paul on the line did you have any more yeah. questions paul? yeah what's up paul no okay. i'm still here um thank you for your answers you know i just um i just know so many people that are so picky and I could see how some people would be like, you know, like the joke about the redder. That's like, oh, well, you're a perfect match for me, but you don't have this, you know, a knowledge. So, but I'm glad that you guys are creating an environment where it, it, it's real discernment, you know. And that's the real power of your site, I think, is that it's not just about like obviously, you know, whether or not you're unjected, but it's like basically it's like it's all a euphemism for critical thinking and skepticism and discernment, and uh, yeah, it's yes. really challenging to the to the system. So that's great, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I do got one more question if you guys unless you want. Do it, do it. Yeah. Move on. So, like I said, I'm blessed that I have my wife during this, uh, all this madness. Um, and we have parties all the time. We have friends over and we're around tons of single people. And we just feel like we have such good advice for everyone that's single. And that kind of makes us assholes a little bit. Um, and <laughs> so we does. bite our tongue. You know, we bite our tongue. And I, I'm, I work in the health coaching space. I know, you know, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy, you don't tell people things unless they're asking you for them because you're not just going to give someone advice that they don't want. Uh, but I wonder, like, is there a line or at some point 
your friend can complain about being single so many times without asking for advice. You can just be like, bro, this is your fucking problem. Yeah. Have them have them call yeah. the show. Have them call the show and I'll give them a pep talk. There you go. Live <laughs> on there. There you go. There you yeah. go. I don't know, but yes, no, if you guys have valuable information to pass on, like do it. And by the way, Paul, weren't you guys going to start a podcast back in the day? Like maybe you could start disseminating that information via your podcast. Like you guys are like the coolest couple ever. Like, I think that would be a huge winner. That's I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. I just, we're yeah. just kind of, cause it doesn't always apply to everyone, but it's just when we yeah. feel when like, you just, well, it's just, we know we, we can pick all our friends. Pieces. We can pinpoint everybody else's problems easier than yeah. our own. Sure. Yeah. So sometimes I want to be like, man, we could really, help you yeah but who just knows send i guess we'll still wait for the, the direct question just yeah i'll just say injected.com yeah. just send in the link injected.com injected.com and the wellness company we'll send them your way. And, and the, the wellness, wellness company. company yeah yeah yeah, yeah. if you're trying to like you know make sure you have a healthy partner right yes. there you go yeah yes. paul you're the man hit me up i'm going to a bunch of dude i'm going to a bunch of festivals this summer hit me up we'll coordinate Thanks, Paul. Cool. Yeah, we're going to Anarchon here. But yeah, thank you all uh, very much. We'll be talking to you soon. Peace. Okay. Have a good day. Thanks. Bye. All Doc, right. do you have a podcast or a show? You know, I don't, but I met with uh, a group this week that does production. Mm -hmm. uh, they're just friends of mine that I come to know through this COVID space and uh, for doing doing different things locally here in Clark County, Nevada, like grouching at our county commissioners and grouching at our <laughs> Uh, county, uh, what do you the school board? Even though our kids aren't in school, I'm still there for all the other parents. And they said, "Look, you need to have your own show." And I said, "Okay, I, I'm doing a bunch of things right now. I, I, I'm, I'm completing a brand new laboratory in my pharmacy. Got to get that done. Uh, I have an annual camp I attend in July, and uh, any web developer that wants to email me, they're going to help me. I've never really had a real successful online store because I have wasted my money on the wrong people for a long time. So people ask me, well, can we go to your pharmacy and buy supplements? I'm like, you actually, the answer is no, I don't have anything. I send a lot of people to the wellness company. You know, you got the Destroy Spike, the Spike Protein product I recommend a lot. But I am going to, my plan is fourth quarter. You know, my business objectives are the fourth quarter, launch a channel. And you, you probably tell by now I'm a good wind-up toy. Like you, you, you wind go. me up and I'll just point me in a direction I go Amen. when I'm not real good at. And these producers are going to help me. I'm like, look, can you give me like a program guide? You tell me on these days, you're going to talk about these things. Then it helps me filter and organize it in my brain with all the other things I do. Like I, I told you before we started, Scott, like uh, I just discovered this was an uh, objective was dating thing. All I knew was to show up and be ready to talk. Okay. <laughs> they, they well, we're getting a call. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's, interrupt yeah, let's you. do it. Let's do it. All right. Thanks for calling the Unjected Show. Who do we have on tonight? Hey, this is Bobby from Virginia. Hey, Hi. Bobby. Hey, how are y'all doing? So, um, I'm 25. Maybe this is a question mostly for, for Dr. C. 25, I got a really bad case of COVID late last year. And since then, I've had, you know, a lot of sluggishness, you know, in the office, in bed. Pretty much every time uh, I try to get up in the morning, it's uh, bad news. So is, like is there something I should be doing? Um, yeah, I mean, it's one of the things, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Sluggish. Well, I, I can take that. So, uh, Bobby, you know, I, I, is, that, is that all the question or do you have more? Uh, that, that's a big one. Well, first, I was called Bobby until junior high. Uh, and then, you know, the evolution of the name Robert 
then it was Rob when I was in junior high and when I got into school and graduate school was Robert. I'm like, gosh, you know, so Bobby, I, I, I got you. You know, I get these questions quite a bit and just understand as uh, I never tell anyone what to do. I'm not making medical recommendations, uh, but, but I do give consultative advice as a pharmacist. You know, we're the free healthcare professional. You call into this show, pull the door open to my store and walk in, call my store. I'll answer this question for you. So for people that have persistent symptoms with COVID, what I have found, especially if you're unvaccinated or if you're vaccinated and you've got COVID, the number one concern that I have is, is the spike protein. Okay, so even if you're unvaccinated and you're a lingering COVID, you know, long COVID person, maybe you don't have any respiratory symptoms, but you described fatigue. My concern is, are you still spike protein loaded? Because all of our bodies and younger people do a better job, can clear the spike protein, but sometimes you might have to do some extra things to really kick that into gear. I really firmly believe the most potent thing you can do is you can do a, a different, uh, some type of fasting protocol. There's all types. Some people do, you know, two days on, one day off, one day off, or, or one day off, two days on with their eating. Or they'll go, uh, they do a 16-8 program. I don't eat for 16 hours, and I do eat for eight. They, you know, the, there's all kind of variations. I don't know that there's a bad way. Uh, I have a preferred way that actually uses a, a, a product. But you know, for me, I have a ketogenic breakfast every morning, and I most often skip lunch, and I have a reasonable dinner. Uh, and then if I'm feeling like ah, I've kind of overdone it, maybe maybe I'll just do nothing but protein shakes or I'll, I'll skip a day or two of eating. The second thing is, yeah, you do have to add some products that I think are are valuable. Now, I did mention it earlier, and it's it's on the screen too, the Spike uh, the product, so Spike Support Formula. So here's the plug for the wellness company, but it's a true plug because there are a list of ingredients that really do help bind to and get rid of the spike protein. Uh, the natokinase is important. So here's my pharmacist tip on this is natokinase is an enzyme, natto, from the Japanese food natto, which you can go eat. And what it does is it breaks down protein structures in the body that, that may not necessarily need to be there. It can break down, you know, protein structures from parasites that your immune system has killed. It can break down protein. There's other enzymes that do it too. I think natokinase works the best. It's best to take the product on an empty stomach. Otherwise, that natokinase is just a digestive enzyme to help you break down the food you just ate. So I like to recommend uh, taking it. it. It would be usually two capsules in between meals. And what that means to me is two hours after or one hour before a meal is in between meals because you want the natokinase to do the job of breaking down those proteins that really don't belong there uh, in the first place. So, you know, the, the green tea extract is great. You can also, if you want, I, I'd like to make the habit of using teas. I mean, am I showing my age if I'm telling you that I like I like tea in the evening? And, we like tea, uh, love tea. Okay, yeah. good. Dandelion tea has a lot of good value. Now, the, the extracts that are put in capsules are always gonna be more potent than the tea, but you might as well just do the tea. If you're gonna make it a habit, dandelion, I rotate dandelion tea, maybe green tea during the day. I still drink coffee, but you know, I'm trying to slide in a little bit better habit of getting the, uh, of getting the green tea on board. Organic pine needle tea. Uh, you've probably seen information that it helps uh, get rid of the spike protein. It does. It's not super potent, right? It doesn't replace uh, more potent items like black, uh, the sativa that works, selenium you need as an antioxidant. Uh, I like to add shilajit resin to mm. the pine needle tea, yeah. which is pulvic minerals. So you, so you put those together. That's a nice, easy uh, combination. Uh, but the fasting, do you want to know how fasting works and why it's so important? Yes. Yeah. I'll give you the brief synopsis. My no, favorite. Right, tell me. 
my favorite book on fasting is uh, by a USC PhD, Walter Longo, V-A-L-T-R Longo, L-O-N-G-O, and it's called uh, The Longevity Diet. The purpose of fasting is not necessarily to lose weight, although that is a side effect. Why does it promote longevity? Now, Walter's protocol is to actually use fasting mimicking. You, you eat food from a kit called Prolon, which is sort of for prolonged life, right? And, and, but you only eat the food that's in these, these five boxes. So you got these one through five. You're eating something. It's these soups. It's real low calorie. And what it does is you're eating something, but the nutrient detection threshold of your cells, I have eaten or I have not eaten, puts the cells in two different modes. So it's easier for people to get through the five-day fast. Five days is crucial. This is the best benefit because days one, two, and three, you induce something called autophagy. So autophagocytosis. In other words, your immune system has these big beach ball cells that act like Hoover vacuum cleaners and go suck up everything that doesn't belong there. And at the same time, when your body is in calorie-restricted mode, it's like, uh, I'm not having the nutrient intake of all these proteins and amino acids that I'm accustomed to. So let me look around at all this. There's some junk around here that this body doesn't need. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to burn that as fuel. That's autophagy. And cleaning up what we call antigenic burden. Remember I said an antigen, something the body wants to attack and get rid of. And the spike protein is a potent antigen, which is why you can go to your big labs, Quest and LabCorp. Do I have spike protein? I don't think there's a test that can measure spike protein yet, but it can measure if your body made an antibody to spike protein. And, and that is a qualitative, which means is it there or not, or a quantitative test. Holy smokes, you've got a ton of spike protein. But when you do a fasting protocol, you start to eliminate it. You can always take supplements during a fasting protocol. So that's why I think the spike uh, detox goes in. And then on day, if you can make a five-day fast, look into the longevity diet and fasting mimicking. Day four, you do something, uh, you burn up all your senescent cells. So when we're 25, we have a certain percentage of our cells that are young and great and a small percentage of our cells that are senescent. They become old, they're kind of sleepy and becoming toxic. But as we get older, that percentage of cells that are senescent uh, is, is a higher percentage. It's like a pie chart, so it kind of creeps in. And a very, very bad senescent cell could eventually turn into something cancerous. So can we get rid of senescent cells? Day four into the fast out of Walter Longo's book, you are burning out those senescent cells. You are making your body younger. You are gonna prolong life. You're also inducing genes where the body goes, oh, oh my God, this guy's going to die of starvation. I'm going to protect the DNA. So just in case he runs into some kind of mate, it's last chance, bub, you're passing on your DNA and it's going to be in pristine condition. Hmm. And day five is a golden day because we can all make new stem cells throughout our lifetime. The younger we are, the more we make and the better they are. But if you get to day five, the, but you have to get to day five of fasting mimicking, you make a whole ton of new stem cells. And what's that doing? Stem cells are going to repair any place where you have injury. And why do people show up with huge inflammatory markers when they're spike protein loaded? It's like a little ice pick damaging organs, damaging the vascular endothelium, you know, the one cell layer that's in contact with the blood that's actually moving. So I know it's a long talk and there's other things you can do, but the basic gist is if you can fast, take some spike protein uh, products that support. So I like, I like the spike uh, support product. And, and you can add some other things as you can, as your budget allows and your habit allows. I mean, I'm very cognizant of pill burden. So I know that you know people aren't gonna take 30 pills a day all the time. That's why I like adding the teas. 
and I hope that helps. And let me give you one more thing here. The wellness company is, is sponsoring uh, this show and everything, but they are doing something with sales throughout the weekend that I think everybody should. And that is, um, it's Memorial Day, it's their Memorial Day promo. 10% yeah. 10% of all the profits from today's show is gonna be uh, um, uh, through Monday night. So all, all the links you follow. It's mm -hmm. another reason why I'm donating. I like this organization, it's called Reads Across America. 10% of the profits are donated to that uh, through Monday. So. Awesome. Check it out. Does that that's answer awesome. your question, Bobby? No, that's that's, that's amazing. And I have one more follow-up question. My my GP gave me a script for Paxlovid. Should I should I take that too? What do you give your prescription for Paxlovid for? No, benefits versus risk. You know what? There's one more point I I forgot to um, to mention on getting rid of spike protein because you mentioned Paxlovid. Ivermectin is superior. Okay, Paxlovid is shown in many patients they have what's called a rebound effect, uh, which means it may lower the viral load. So these are, remember when I was saying you got molecules that shoot at how the viruses replicate? This is what Paxilvid is made of, these things. And they're kind of they're kind of weak. You temporarily suppress the virus, the virus load goes down, but then it rebounds, it bounces back. You don't, you don't clear it. Ivermectin works superior uh, clinically. And the reason why I wanted to mention the ivermectin is it ivermectin also binds to and can help get rid of the spike protein ivermectin has multiple mechanisms by which it works it also reduces the inflammation caused by spike protein which is a component of the COVID virus right we've also seen that ivermectin has activity against many and possibly all solid tumor type cancers so remember what i said at the beginning of the show we're going to see repurposed drugs for these mm. you know unique things and what you mentioned scott was about ivermectin well in 2015, four men shared the Nobel Prize in Science and Medicine for their work on ivermectin. And then doctors say, I'm not using that. That's crazy. The FDA said, you're not a cow. And they get back to, but what's the downside? And the upside is ivermectin is another thing that can help you clear the spike protein. And uh, Peter McCullough had an excellent article that was published in the Epic Times. And, you know, I mentioned fasting. That wasn't mentioned in the article. I think it's great. Spike detox. And if you're going to go the prescription route, you know, because I'm the pharmacist, uh, you've got your low-dose naltrexone. I'd like everybody to just look up the profound benefits of something so inexpensive. And I like a thing with a long list of benefits, lowdosenaltrexone.org. But what it's doing in the case of the COVID the spike protein long haulers is it's shifting the body's immune system to not be so inflamed. And natokinase, we mentioned, that's also in the Peter McCullough article, but that's in the uh, the spike support uh, product from the wellness company. That's so awesome. That, long answer, Bobby. I know I'm long winded, but did I cover it? Uh, super helpful. No, thank you so much. God bless. Well, well Bobby, hope you feel better, brother. Bobby, yeah. Check in with us. Call us back a couple weeks when you're thank you. back to crushing. There you go. Thank you. I'll report back. All right. Sounds good, man. Bye. Bye. Uh, so Dr. C, I got a question in the chat here that was uh, just a follow-up to what you were just talking about. Uh, have you heard or aware of any uh, positive or maybe I suppose negative effects around sativa and spike protein? So when you say sativa, to me, that says that's a particular group of strains of cannabis. Yeah, that's that's what I got. They just said, what about sativa? So I don't know. Well, I have not, I have not researched it uh, okay. to be related to COVID. So I, I can't give you an educated... Sure. Uh, answer on that. I'll give you my, my best guess though, because the sativa strains and you know, a lot of these cannabis strains have been engineered to have way too much THC in them. 
but we see the value. There's a lot of clinical value to the cannabinoids, the CBDs, cannabinols in the cannabis. And that's where you see a lot of clinical research. I actually have a bunch of articles that were at one time on a website. And so I became familiar with indica strains, sativa, and, and hybrids. So a sativa strains, typically, those are the ones that are more supportive of cognitive function. And, and my only criticism of the recreational cannabis industry is this, this constant obsession with increasing the amount of THC might not always be a good thing. Uh, but, you know, something to realize in the history of, say, pharmacy, did you know that 70% of all medications in America before 1933 were somehow based on the cannabis plant? And the original cannabis plant was very high in all sorts of CBDs and had a whiff of THC, small amount of THC. And that entire system is very uh, complex. So the users on the websites and the strain databases will say, well, you've got the entourage effect of the terpenes and all that. And I don't know. Well, it's, it's true. Uh, the human body works by a complex systems of enzymes and receptor sites and activating or deactivating certain ones. That's where we get all the effect, not just one thing. And the sativas in general, and my criticism is probably if they're not so high in THC, I believe are going to have a benefit for enhancing mood. Because, you know, we, we see depression come with COVID and long COVID, which is why some of the protocols that doctors we use actually prescribe SSRIs. I don't, I don't like those drugs, okay? But temporary use of selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors to overcome depression, I think that was important. Remember, benefits outweigh the risk. What's the benefit? The benefit is you have somebody that is not defeatist and depressed and doesn't want to complete their therapy because they're so sick and they've got to get through it. And your long haulers and severely COVID infected, they've got to get through it. So you know what? Temporary use of a drug like fluvoxamine uh, to boost the serotonin short term so that they have a little bit more determination. Great. The sativa strains, I think we're going to find in the future of medicine more and more use of cannabis, like not the recreational necessarily. We're going to see that use anyway. But as far as the sativa and spike protein, I don't know. My best guess right now is I don't think it's going to do very much, but for cognitive uh, enhancement and mood enhancement, yes, just be careful of how much THC is in there as a ratio. You don't want it to be zero. You just need a whiff of it, but it, it's probably going to have some benefit. I just wouldn't recommend smoking or vaping it. Use a gummy or a tincture. That's my, I hope those are good enough recommendations for you on my best educated guesses. That's awesome. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, shoot, you guys, we got a few more minutes here, so feel free to call in. Uh, phone lines are open once again. One eight three 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 unjecked. There was and something you had mentioned, Doctor Seek, that you had said it really fast. That was um, when we were talking to Bobby. It was, gosh, Scott, did you hear what it was? It was something dot org, but it wasn't the wreaths. Low was, dose naltrexone dot yes. org. Uh -huh. L-O-W-D-O-S-E, naltrexone, N-A-L-T-R-E-X-O-N-E, dot org. And uh, I dispense quite a bit of this. And what I have just found generally is uh, the main benefits doctors try it for are mood elevation, uh, to work on autoimmune issues. Uh, and, and they even use it because it enhances immune system. Remember I touched on a little bit how fasting helps clear certain cells. Well, mm -hmm. the theory is that low dose naltrexone can also help. Uh, that doesn't look like the site that I used to look at. Let me make sure. Low dose naltrexone yeah. Maybe they changed it. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, 
I pulled it up to, oh, it's the same now. They just made it look a whole lot neater. Okay. There you go. Uh, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, some some cancer some cancer benefits too. But what I have generally found is for for fifty percent of the people that try it, and you know, autoimmune disease is one of the first reasons why it was tried, and it's so stubborn. I mentioned them earlier, like lupus and rheumatoid arthritis, mm-hmm. and I really have found that fifty percent of patients but not 100%, not 80%. 50% of patients respond really well to low-dose naltrexone. You got to give it some time. You got to have a scale-up dose protocol. There's no there's no downside of it, okay, mm. unless you're taking an opiate for chronic pain. Then you can't take low-dose naltrexone. And for the cancer patients, it might not be quite 50%. There are some people out there who have claimed in chats, oh, I cured myself of cancer with low-dose naltrexone. I don't know. I haven't seen any published data on that. And I wouldn't necessarily advocate that uh, as saying, oh, that's true. Just try this and only do this. No, I'm more of a, hey, if you're a cancer patient and you're thinking with an alternative mindset, I would definitely look at low-dose naltrexone, but I wouldn't use that as the only thing in the game. Look at at all kinds of other things that you can do. There's a bunch of nutrients that help. I mean, get out in the sun, walk barefoot on the ground. I mean, these are the free things, right? you know, and loads of vitamin C, get rid of the sugars and flour out of the diet, try a fasting protocol. There, there you go. And there's more you can do, especially for the solid tumor cancers as opposed to the, the bloodborne cancers and things like that. So hope that's helpful. Yeah, that's interesting. My association with naltrexone is like I, well, I used to work as a drug and alcohol counselor prior to getting fired for making a big stink over the shots. Right. So, mm. uh, but, but that's used, you know, in like a clinical setting to address like substance use, you know, uh, opioids and like alcohol even like alcohol people like with alcohol mm-hmm. substance use like they use naltrexone as like a way to curb it i don't know if it's that effective because it never really did much from my observation but uh yeah <laughs> i read about i read about that a lot the rate of recidivism yeah. scott typically yeah. from traditional addiction uh, treatment methods is 90 percent after one year which means yeah. 90 oh, yeah. percent. Yeah. the main reason in my opinion, there's actually Russian scientific literature that shows that, you know, the shots for naltrexone only last 28 or 30 days. Yeah. But the Russians do these compressed pellets that go under the skin. They last three or four months and their rate of recidivism is only 50% because you have a permanent enduring blockade of the opioid receptor. So you need that window to get yeah. people over. Lotus naltrexone, the principle behind that is, well, we don't want long-term blockade of the opioid receptors. We want temporary blockade. We want a few hours. Uh, four to eight hours. So people take it before they go to bed. And the body's response to that is, wait, we're not getting enough signal from our endorphins, our endogenous opiates. So, you know, we're going to start producing more. And when you produce more endorphins, well, yes, you can improve mood. And then you do have effects on the thymus gland, which helps guide your immune cells and how they function, which is why they might be able to line up and say, well, we're working a little better now. Let's, let's shut off attacking self so we don't have autoimmune disease anymore. And let's well, let's let's attack that stuff over there. We don't recognize that's that's a cancer. Let's wipe it out. That's the basic gist of how Lodos naltrexone might help a lot of people. Man, powerful, wow. powerful. Well, shoot, you guys, we're kind of winding down here. Uh, Doctor Seek, I would say, do you have any other final words of wisdom or any uh, information that you want to impart to the audience here? Okay, let me say a couple things. I'm going to collect from a couple of uh, different topics. Number one, to all the men, don't be afraid to be men. Get out there, be a man. Be strong. And if you're dating and and you want to have a high quality woman, you got to take the first look at yourself and make sure that you're a high quality man. And if you're not that today, you have to, you can look yourself in the mirror and say, you know what? I reserve the right to re-hit her every day. (laughs) Right? Right. So 
that's one thing because yes. I my, my martial arts students are in their 20s or 30s and, and I'm like you know even these guys they don't they don't train very hard some guys do but it's like you know what be strong stay fit read stuff know things and and you know have an open mind like I mentioned earlier on the show about respecting another individual's intellect I mean if if you have an obstinate date that is just like oh I don't believe any of that stuff you're saying about the vaccine and if you're not vaccinated you're not dating me <laughs> why waste your time you know what you yeah. ask that person for not dragging it out a few more days and and, <laughs> and move on but I like I like some, there's certain types of humor and stuff that I like. I like a website called artofmanliness.com. Mm. And I have, uh, I have two boys and they're, they're 12 and eight. And I get little memes and stuff I download from these guys. I bought them a couple books, dangerous book for boys, because you know what? Boys that are young and strong and proud about being boys grow up to be men. And yeah. I want to guide them that way. And as a man who has two boys, men, be a man out there. You can do it you'll find women that will respect you and then you respect them. You're going to improve your dating life. Uh, trust me. So that's an off the wall word of wisdom. Uh, clear the spike protein fasting spike, uh, the spike support protocol detox, uh, the organic pine needle tea, ivermectin. And if you need to add it, the Lotus naltrexone wellness company does those uh, consults. If you need to be on the medical side, you can click on the virtual care button and you can get a consultative doctor that's really, it's half the price of typical uh, telemedicine consults. So I like, yeah. and you might get a prescription from my pharmacy and, and don't forget through the weekend, you know, they have a lot of great supplements. I, I'm putting some of them on my shelf uh, right now. I have them on my own online store. So I'm, I'm, I'd be, I'm going to be pleased to carry them. I just, that's why I direct everybody to uh, the wellness company site right now. Cause I don't have anything right now. And that 10% of profits to reach across America through Monday. Last time I wanted to mention that and, and make it good because uh, I do Memorial day shopping too. So I've already got a couple of things I'm looking at. I'm getting the 40% off sales of this. I'm like, okay, they're going to get me. They're going to get me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. And, and, you know, that's a really good point to reiterate too. You're talking about earlier, like the corruption and the, the, you know, the, just the monster that is the insurance industry. You know, this is a great way to bypass that by getting, yeah. you know, those, those, um, the monthly subscription and then the, the telehealth visits through the wellness company. If you do still need to rely on these types of medications, then, you know, you get that through the wellness company. You can bypass the entire insurance company, cut them out. Let's cut them out, dude. We're building yeah. a new parallel system Yes, and we're cutting those bastards out. We're done with them. We don't mm -hmm. need them. We can grow and thrive in our, in our society and our health without them. So do yourself a favor be a part of the cause and cut them out and, uh, you know, look, look greener pastures over here is what I'm saying. Yes. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, that's fantastic. You kind of dropped the hammer there right at the end. So like, I really appreciate that. <laughs> that was that's, awesome. That's, that's really, really, really awesome. So, I hope you guys liked it. Yeah. So good. yeah I do. No, no, that's really cool. That's yeah. awesome. So, well, geez, you guys Well, hopefully next week when we all see each other, we're going to have a lot more exciting things to report. We'll be rocking and rolling, right? I mean, that's the yeah, one, right? Yeah, we'll be we'll be that's live and rocking and rolling. And yeah. our guest next week, you guys, we have the great Chrissy Mayer joining us next week. So yeah, so make sure you tune yeah. in for that one. That's gonna be a fantastic episode. So all right. Well, uh, Dr. Seek, where can they find support you or anything you want to shout out? My pharmacy's website is partelpharmacy.com. Uh, I've put it up there before. People find us, they can call in the pharmacy number, they send they can send an email and ask for for me if they want some advice uh, on something. That's that's the easiest place. Like I don't have any social media presence right now. I'm building that. So if you guys want to have me on your show another time and when we I will. That, that'll Absolutely. be yeah. <laughs> 
partelpharmacy.com and my face is on the wellness company site uh, too as they're uh, you know on their integrative therapeutic sports so you can find me there but if you want to reach me the info at partelpharmacy.com or our phone number 702-791-3800 my staff will make sure that i that i get back to anyone who calls Awesome. Do you tan well, Dr. C? Tan well? I'm sorry, what was that question? Do you tan well? You look like you I tan do. well. Okay, yeah. so can I give you one more free health tip? I, I say, oh, please do. Okay, get out in the sun. You have to expose more than arms and neck. I live in Nevada. The average vitamin D level in Nevada is a pitiful 33. But when you expose torso and thighs, you're going to make 137 units of vitamin D per square inch per hour. So you can make a lot of vitamin D. 10 wow. minutes per side and the best time of day to get the sun almost everywhere in the country is the first two and last two hours of the day that it's up yep. the best time. there's no bad time but the first two and last two hours of the day there's more red light red light stimulates your mitochondria and just like you spin an alternator of a car to make more electricity red light makes your mitochondria spin and kick off more energy so you need that walk barefoot you know everybody knows the value of antioxidants but the most powerful antioxidant is creating an arc with the earth which happens to be the exact distance of our steps as we walk and you suck yeah. up all these electrons from the ground as you're walking barefoot and you can see on microscope slides for people who do the blood analysis somebody after they have grounded for 10 minutes their blood isn't sticking together so much it is flowing more freely and wow. you're killing cancer cells yeah. and if you walk outside in the sun without sunglasses you know, that's what helps induce the tanning response. No sunglasses. You put the sunglasses on and you mess yeah. up the tanning response, you're more likely yep. to burn. But yep. there's a there's a therapy to get rid of viruses and parasites. I'm blowing you away, aren't I, Scott? Yeah, I'm blown. I do. Blown. Okay. Is there any benefit to scrotal tanning? <laughs> uh, Actually, yeah, yeah, I have heard lot. about this. Well, the yeah. Answer, yeah. The answer to that is yes, uh, but I don't do that show for my neighbors. But, the answer, <laughs> yes, but let me tell the last point. Ultraviolet blood irradiation is a therapy that you can go go pay for or you get it for free that's when they take a bunch of blood out of you put it in an iv bag and before it drips back into your body they put it in a miniature tanning bed because that ultraviolet light in that little mini tanning bed kills all these bugs viruses bacteria and everything you get it for free walking barefoot out in the sun you don't have to stare at the sun the reflection off the ground is enough because in your eyeballs where the blood is coursing is the best access of the sunlight to your blood and notice that when you're walking, you're pumping your lymphatic system, which is clearing all this junk that your immune system is destroying. Nature's medicine. This is all free. Right. There's wow. a reason why the Sphinx faces east and is in the Sphinx position to absorb the arc. So I love to give those free health tips to people because if we can mm. just edge a little bit every time we, we give this type of uh, information, we're helping a lot of people. Wow. Well, Shelby, I know what we're doing for your birthday tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Go and get some sunshine. We're going to go That's get it. some sunshine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Red light well, on the scrotum, Scott, increases yes. his uh, bottom line. Yeah. All right. Ooh. Oh, nice. yeah. Good to know. Right <laughs> there we go. Awesome. Well, uh, yeah, so we're all hanging out tomorrow. We're going to record our first injected bonus episode. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. So we're all going to hang out for your birthday, Shelby, but happy Woo! pre birthday. Thank you. So awesome. So awesome. So, so glad excited. you were born. So glad you were born. And, yes. and to be injected's first birthday, or excuse me, second. second, which we didn't do on purpose. That yeah. just happened. When yeah. we went live on the App Store, it just went live on my birthday. And so that was a celebration. Yeah. It was two years ago. And wow. it's been a wild two years. And wow. oh my gosh, I can't wait for a lifetime more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's awesome. Well, man. So yeah. So Dr. C, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, that was thank fantastic. You so much. That it was, was a pleasure. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was a lot thank of fun. All. Thank you. So uh, Zach, where can they find you at, dude? 
Uh, Unfit Statesman, social media, and podcast platforms. Check it out. I just checked out your Monster Energy Drink episode. Hilarious. Hilarious. You guys got to go check it out. Uh, I'm Scott over at Rebunk News, libertylinks.io forward slash rebunked because I have so many projects I had to throw them all on a link tree. I don't even know how to keep track of them someday. So go check me out. <laughs> and ladies, where can they find you? We have a Liberty Links too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which you injected. Yeah. I keep Liberty, forgetting that. Yeah. LibertyLinks.io forward slash injected. That's right. That's where yeah. you can find us. And yeah. Unjected Official. Injected.com. Yeah. Yes. Stay tuned. Big week this week, folks. And uh, yeah. Oh look, yeah. Yeah. Look for a bonus episode this week too, yep. and more yep. will be revealed on that. More will be and revealed. Stay on tuned that. for the vote this week too. So keep yes. your eyes open. Yeah. Yep. Make sure exactly. you go and subscribe on the website so that you guys can get the newsletter. There you go. Make That's sure right. you go and sexually harass Dr. Seek online. Do it. <laughs> You're going to have to work to find me. There you, go. there you go. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us once again. Fantastic episode. And uh, until next time, stay natural. Stay, stay free. Stay, stay injected. injected. All right. Peace. Bye. Bye. Aloha. Mahalo.